We're here to look at fantasy basketball trades, buy lows, sell highs, but really just players who are trending up, trending down. What do we do with them? Michael Bolton. Michael? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I taught Catwoman how to play basketball. And I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. You know the drill. Buy lows and sell highs. Am I going to tell you trade this player for this player? No, I'm not. Because I don't think that that is helpful and I don't think that that is instructive. Every league is different. Every situation is different. What I'm going to do is tell you how I think guys are trending. If there's chance of their production improving, chance of it decreasing. The five buy low names that I give are not the only players who are buy low. The five sell high players, absolutely 100%, are not the only five sell high players. That's how it goes. I understand that trades are hard to pull off in leagues, especially sell-high ones. They're almost impossible to do. This is, again, just more of an idea that if something comes across your desk, your virtual fantasy desk involving one of these guys, just consider some of this stuff. Try and do trades if you can, but if you're not getting clear wins, don't do it. You don't have to trade. You don't have to. It's not a requirement of what you do. If something is a clear win that you think is a clear win for you, you knock it out. If it's not, you let it slide through to the keeper. That's generally the way that I like to play this. What we're also going to do is recap how we did on the buy low, sell high show two weeks ago. We like to give these things two weeks to settle. That's why I look at numbers here from the last two weeks. And then we look every two weeks on to see how players go. So that's what we're going to do in this show. And we'll get into it and we'll start by recapping the buy low, sell high show from two weeks ago, the week four buy low, sell high show. How did we go? Last time we were a perfect... Um, 10 of 10 in knocking these out. Let's see how we went here. I know how we went. It's not quite 10 of 10, but it's not not far off. Tyus Jones was on the buy low show. He was 234th, and we knew that he was struggling, and there was a chance of him turning it around. He has. 137th. He has been since then. This is our minus one category rankings. That's still not great, right? I do still think we want to hold Tyus in 12-team leagues. This buy low stuff more... Um, pushes into um, deeper formats for Tyus as well. Like he's, a, he's not a 10-team guy, I don't think. 12 he is, but it's a definite improvement, and he has stepped up. Zion Williamson was a pretty obvious one for the biggest bird. He was 120th in minus one ranking. Since then, he is 34th. We talked about what was happening with him, and it was why was his field goal percentage so low, right? Why he wasn't getting to the rim, and that number was low, and that has improved. He has rounded giggity. That's not even giggly. That's like a, I don't know, it's a boomtish or something. He's rounded into shape. He looks better. He looks more productive. His field goal percentage has risen, but he's also adding more things. The steals have improved slightly. The assists have improved slightly. So he's gone from 120th in minus one to 34th. And I would say that 34th is not even his final form. I think that over time, if it comes together, it might not. 
that he could be a top 20 minus one player. Not necessarily this season, not necessarily any time coming up. But he could. He just needs to start to bring more regularity on defensive stats. I don't know that that comes. But the field goal percentage can still rise even further from where it is. Jordan Poole, yeah, that's disgusting. He was 133rd, so that's a buy low. So I guess it technically is a win, but I'm not going to count that as a win. 133rd up to 115th, he still looks bad. He's had a couple of good games. Like three of his last four games have been pretty good. The game yesterday was terrible, and I just don't know what to do with this guy anymore. Um, Minutes are all over the shop. Percentages are dreadful. I still think all that can come up. Usage can come up. Assists, free throw rate, free throw percentage, usage, field goal percentage, three-point percentage. It'll all come up, but I don't know when. I'm not dropping him, but yeah, he did improve marginally. Brandon Ingram was 136th two weeks ago. He's 59th now. I think 59th is about the right area for Ingram. Um, so that was a, a relatively easy one to see him jump up. And then Jaron Jackson Jr. This one didn't work out. He is still by low. I'm not going to cover him in the by low section today. He was 91st and it's gotten worse. He's dropped down to 131st since then. So yeah, it's not looking good for Jaron. I don't think there's any hope of him maintaining any numbers in the second round if you picked him there. Again, don't think you should have. But if you did take him there, I don't think you got any hope of that. Top 40? probably a possibility still. So uh, he is still on that buy low uh, zone. We only had four sell highs two weeks ago because I didn't want to try and shoehorn someone in that I didn't really like in that spot. And the first guy we looked at as a sell high was unbelievably Draymond Green. And since we did that show, he's played 1.7 minutes. So yeah, he played, got ejected, hasn't played since. He was 47th and yeah, I, I don't care where he is. He's like 400th or something since then. That counts, but it also doesn't count because he hasn't played. If you did manage to pull off Giggity a sell high during that time between when that show aired and when he got ejected and suspended, congratulations. It's a huge W. But I still think that he was going to drop off from that number 47 spot. Fan of Pants, Kevin Herter was 81st. We went on and on about this, um, talking about he's not going to stick. He went from 81st to 125th. 125th is still fine. I don't mind him on a roster. I don't think he needs to be rostered. But if you've got him there, by all means. But he's going to be more to me like a Gary Trent, Malik Beasley sort of a player that when it's rolling, you get some points and threes, and then it doesn't roll. And it's sort of on and off, on and off your roster. I think that's how we view Herder. Bam Adebayo was fifth. There were some very clear indicators that he won't stick. And you might think that dropping from fifth to 18th is, well, that's actually not a big change, Josh. I don't know if that sell high worked. It's a huge difference. Between 5th and 18th is actually a gigantic difference in terms of the overall value of a player. And Bam in the 18 to 26 zone is about where he should be. He was never going to be in that top 5, top 10 range, I didn't believe. And he fell back. That was about what we expected. And the other one was Rowan Barrett. And I actually got pushback on this one when I said there's no way that Barrett is going to do this. He is not this guy. And I got pushed back multiple times. Cool. He was 60th. And since then, he has reverted back to his RJ Barrettness. And he is 206th. This is what RJ Barrett has been in category leagues forever. Bad. I don't know that you should drop him because some of his scoring is useful, but his minutes are low. His percentages are falling in the toilet. Still no rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. This was one of the most obvious ones of all time because all of his counting stats were basically the same. He was just hitting 55% from three or whatever it was. And it fell away. And look at his numbers drop. One of the most obvious sell highs ever. And if you cashed it in for any top 100 player, you would be uh, you would have been feeling pretty good about that, I would uh, I would imagine. So that's that. That is the recap. Today's episode is brought to you by our partners, the legends 
over at eBay Motors. They've teamed up with me to bring you the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether that is a daily draft situation, the waiver wire, every week, whatever it is, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see, let's see who Josh, me, has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Let's see. Who am I going to pick out of my own list here? I think, well, I won't do someone who's in this show. I'm going to talk about Jaden Ivey. Ivy has moved into the Pistons starting lineup and has put up some pretty strong numbers. Now, I don't know what mistake Monty Williams is going to make next. He could bench him to bring Boyan Bogdanovich back into the starting lineup, but at this point, I don't really care. I am grabbing Ivy and I'm seeing where this goes. He has been much better this season on a permanent basis, despite the nonsense from Williams to begin the season. His shooting numbers are up and he is providing good value and this Pistons team is going absolutely nowhere. So they need to see how him and Cade can work together and it has he has been better. So Jaden Ivey is a really strong pickup at the moment. So I don't know if this helps you win your fantasy championship. Hopefully it goes some way towards that. But eBay Motors, they know what a championship team is. It is about each player being a perfect fit. And that's the same with your vehicle. With 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, or whatever it is that your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride for the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. Let's go into the buy low section now. I'm going to put Scooter on here. Sterling Henderson played only 22 minutes a night since he returned from his ankle injury coming off the bench. That's your number one thing, right? People don't... Part of this, again, is you, me, whoever it is is, is that's doing this, we can often get caught up in the surface level stuff. You're in a fantasy points league? This happens all the time. Someone asked me this today. Hey, you changed someone's projection from 35 fantasy points to 33. What happened? Why'd you do that? And, and, and I don't. And the player's projections... Or, or results don't come that way. It comes from a multitude of different back-end factors. And that's the same with Scoot. You might go, well, look, at he's killing me. Look at his ranking. Look at his fantasy points. He's played 22 minutes a night. And I will guarantee you that he will not play 22 minutes a night every game moving forward here for the Blazers. That just isn't going to happen. Scoot's 308 in minus one rankings, 412th in Yahoo rankings over the last two weeks, averaging 16 fantasy points, and that's 223rd. He's averaging under 10 points with three rebounds, three assists, 0.3 steals, no blocks, shooting 37 from the field, 50 from three somehow, which would indicate to you that his two-point percentage is disgusting, and 50 from the line. So the number one thing we look at is minutes. Like, he's just not going to stick at 22 minutes. I do believe it's going to be rocky for Scoot, but I think we're going to give it three to four weeks for it to round into something good, and I think it will come. If you can't deal with that, that's fine. If you're in any sort of deeper league or someone's got Scoot and they're debating what they do, this is more just to say that Scoot's going to jump up. But if you're in a league where someone is frustrated and they've got him and they've held him and he came back and he's doing this and they go, well, they're going to keep him off the bench. He's a bust, whatever. There's value in being able to acquire Scoot here. He's also only shot 50% from the line. For the G League, he shot 75 last season. And in his first season in the G League, he shot 77. This is not to say that he's a good free throw shooter, but 50 versus 75 is very different. So there's going to be a big improvement there. There's going to be an improvement in minutes. It's going to be improvement in assist numbers. There's going to be improvement in all of this stuff. So if someone is wavering on Scoot, if they drop Scoot, if you're in a deeper league, I would get him. I think it is going to be rough for a couple of weeks, but there is, I believe, tremendous value in acquiring Scoot Henderson at this point. Let's go to Charlotte. 
We don't know what's going to happen with LaMelo Ball at the time of me recording this. I know that he's out for this game. Shocker that he wasn't doubtful. He was actually out, and I think he's going to miss a week or two minimum, would be my guess. I don't think it's a month-long thing, but that's I don't know. Gordon Haywood has been in a situation where it's that absolute sweet spot for fantasy um, misevaluation. A player returns, Miles Bridges, and the player that he ostensibly uh, competes with or takes over from starts shooting horribly, and that's exactly what happened to Haywood. Haywood is 220th in minus one ranks over the last two weeks. He's 294th in Yahoo. He's averaging just 20.4 fantasy points, which is 173rd. All that looks dreadful, and you would say that's clearly droppable. Bridges has come back and killed him. Cool. He's averaging eight points, five rebounds, and 3.2 assists with 0.6 deals and 0.4 blocks. He is still averaging 33 minutes a night. Do you think that Miles Bridges has made him average half a steal? Do you think that Miles Bridges has made him average eight points? Do you think that Miles Bridges has made him average or shoot 28 from the field, 25 from three-point line? Like 100% he hasn't. Very clearly he hasn't. Bridges will have some impact on Haywood, but not in those areas. That's not what any of this does. So it's very clear to me that he is a clear buy low, plus the absence of LaMelo Ball, means that more ball handling has to move on to Haywood. He's averaging just 3.2 assists over over the last um, uh, two weeks. That's a really low number. For the season, he's at 4.5. For last season, he was at 4.1. I think we could have a little run here of 5, 5.5 assists for Haywood with LaMelo out because Bridges is not that guy. Washington's not that guy. Brandon Miller's not that guy. It's only Rogier, and Haywood is going to handle the ball. So that number is going to spike. And he's got 36 true shooting. Literally nothing to do with Miles Bridges. He was at, He's only been 49 for the season. Still really low. But 56 last season. So we have got an immense room, immense level for Haywood to improve. And we know that you improve your percentages, in particular threes. But if you improve free throws and field goals, your scoring goes up. So that eight points can easily become 15. Your threes made can go from, what is it, at 0.6 per game up to 1.2, 1.3. Very easily. Bump the assists in there. Like at the moment, you don't have to give up anything to get Gordon Haywood in the trade. Throw your worst player at him. Throw your worst two players. Do it now though, because I think things are going to change. But get it. if he's on the wire, at him. Just throw your worst player. He's washed. He's injury prone. Look at these numbers. That's what people will be thinking. You don't have to give up much for Haywood. And I don't even know that this is going to be a long-term thing for Gordo. It might not be. But what I do know is that people will tie in the Bridges return to Haywood's production and it is 100% not related. These numbers are not related to Miles Bridges. So go and get him and get him at a bit of a cheaper price than you're going to be able to get him at a later date. Let's go to Boston and look at Drew Holiday, who is also having some struggles. 138th in minus one rankings over the last two weeks. 198th when you look at Yahoo. 27.7 fantasy points, which puts him 105th. He's averaging 11 points, 7.6 rebounds, very big rebound number, 3.6 assists, 0.6 deals, and a block shooting 36, 29, and 67. Your number one thing anytime a player is struggling or overperforming should always be, what are they shooting? What is their three-point percentage? Go to that first. That is your number one thing to look at. Secondly, go to two-point percentage or field goal percentage. They are the things you look at. And then look if there's any other differences in other categories. But if you go to percentages first, this will give you the best indication. And that's where we're at with Drew Holiday. He is shooting 36 from the field and 29 from three. They are horrible numbers, very, very clearly. I think Drew is not going to be a top 50 player this season. I don't believe he's going to be that. But I also don't think that these numbers that he's putting up are anywhere close to what his numbers are going to be. He's still playing 36 minutes a night. He's currently dealing with an ankle injury. Another great opportunity to get in on buy low. If you can get Drew Holiday for like a top 90 player, you do it. 
Again, I don't think he's top 50. I don't think he's top 40. Top 60, maybe. That's sort of the range. But you don't trade a top 60 player to get him. Top 100, top 90. You get you get the guy who's worried about Drew, who worries, he worries about the injuries, who's already got multiple injuries, and you try and get Drew that way. He's shooting 29% from three over the last two weeks. He's only at 33.8 for the season, but he was a 38% shooter last season, 41 the year before that, 39 the year before that. Now, it is possible. It is possible. I'm sorry to do this, Drew. I'm not because I just want to hear the sound, but it is possible. It is possible when someone is 33 that they do become washed and washed has a, you, know, you can use it however you want, that the decline comes and it never comes back to the level. And shooting is one of those things. Maybe he is now a 35% shooter instead of 38. That is distinctly possible. He's not washed, let's get that clear. But it is distinctly possible at this age that the shooting doesn't come fully back. But he's not going to stick, I don't believe, at 29% from three. I also don't think that he's going to hold at 3.6 assists. This is a team who doesn't have an abundance of playmakers. Tatum's okay. Brown can't do it. Porzingis can't do it. Derek White's fine. But Holiday's a guy that was generating big assists on a team with Giannis and Chris Middleton, who I think are almost better passers than anyone else on this team. So he averaged 7.4 assists last season, 6.8 the year before that, 6.1 the year before that. He's had um, 3.6 assists over his last five games. He's at 4.9 for the season. He's also a guy that two years ago averaged 1.6 steals, and he's down at 0.6 steals in the last in the last five games. So there are some very obvious indicators here from Drew. Three-point shooting, two-point shooting, free-throw shooting, assist rate, um, steal rate. All of these things are going to come up. I feel really confident of that. So any top 90 player for Drew, I think would be a pretty big W uh, on a trade. Let's go to another point guard, but let's go to Cleveland this time and look at Darius Garlo Garland. He is 70th in minus one rankings, and this is where you get a real indication and, and depends on how the person who has Garland, how they are consuming their rankings. Because Yahoo will tell you that over the last two weeks, he's ranked 130th. Again, nonsense ranking system that if you want to buy Yahoo ranking systems, you have to say the words out loud. You have to tell me you believe Delon Wright was 50 spots better than Giannis Antetokounmpo last season. If you can't say that and believe that with your chest, then you can't stand on Yahoo rankings. Sorry to tell you. 130th last season, uh, so last two weeks, 70th in minus one rankings, but he's better than 70th. He's, he is better than that. He's averaging just 32 fantasy points, which puts him 70th as well. And you can look at a lot of his numbers and go, well, Actually, what's, what's wrong here? 21.7 points, great. 2.5 rebounds, he's not a good rebounder. 5.2 assists, ah, on the surface, it looks good. One steal, sure, not a big steals guy. 0.2 blocks, okay. 52 from the field, we love it. 42 from three, amazing. 83 from the line, we also really like that. But it's the little things here. This man averaged eight assists um, last season, 7.8, and 8.6 the year before that. Now, Donovan Mitchell arriving is an impact. The way that Max Struess' playmaking has somewhat of an impact. But I really don't believe that Darius Garland's going to sit at under five and a half assists when he was at eight last season. Those three assists per game take you from middle pack to top, let's say, 12 in assists. It's 10 in assists. It's a big jump. Getting that is important. And again, he's hitting 83% of his free throws. A really good number. Very strong, solid positive in Z scores there. That's great. But he was 86 last season and 89 the year before that. And we talk about this a lot on this show. When a player, more when we're looking in the preseason, a guy hit 92% of his free throws and you go, well, man, look at that. Look at that great contribution he gave in free throw percentage. And the one thing that I will say is if you go from unbelievable, unbelievable, top 1%, the best there, and then transition back to very good, it's still very good. Like 91 to 86, 86 is still great from the free throw line, but it impacts your fantasy result. 
And it's the same here for Garland in the opposite direction. If you're an 83% free throw guy, that's still really good. It's well above average. It's a positive contribution. But it's very different from being an 87 guy. So if he gets back to 87, that Z score in that category goes from 0.1 to like 1. Big jump. That's already 10 spots in rankings. You're done. Plus the extra point that it gives you per game, then that adds on as well. You add that with an extra maybe two assists, and then you bang, you're back in the top 40. I don't think that Donovan Mitchell is going to get traded from this team, but I do know that there are a lot of people pissed off with Donovan Mitchell at the moment. And I do think that if we're talking dynasty, especially massive buy low for Darius Garland. In terms of where he ranks, if I could get any player outside the top 50 and trade him for Garland, I would do it. I don't care about the turnovers. I don't. He has had a history of being much better. 2.9 last season versus 4.3. Do I just think that all of a sudden he's a horrible turnover guy? No. His history would never show that he has been careless like this, and I do think this is going to improve if you care about that part. His assist-to-turnover ratio is dreadful, but I think one comes down and the other goes way up. I hope. That's, that, that's how I'm viewing it with old mate Darius Garlo Garland. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fangel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, and I think I jinxed myself because as soon as I was giving you guys crap for the weather here, it's like rained every day. But that's fine because I've got the offers from Fangel to keep me all warm and toasty. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if you just bet against the Detroit Pistons. Not exactly, but all you got to do is get your money line bet to, to get up and you get $150 in bonus bets. And then that's a great way to think about it if you've been thinking about joining Fangel because as they say in the classics, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Fangel has parlays, over-unders, totals, sides, props, Futures, it is all there over at the easy-to-use Fangio app. So go to fangio.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season, tip off the NBA season, and get your arms ready to lift up the NBA in-season tournament cup. Fangio is an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. We are going to go through... What are we going to through? Oh, I think this is the last buy low. It is. And we are also targeting another point guard. Another one. Kyrie Irving. What's going on with Kyrie? Why are we looking at him as a buy low? Well, minus one rankings have him 52nd over the last two weeks. 40th on Yahoo rankings. 37.8 in fantasy points, which is 43rd. And all of that is just not indicative, I don't believe, of where Kyrie is going to sit for the rest of this season. Number one thing that I haven't even highlighted on this graphic is he's playing under 32 minutes a night over the last five games. He's averaging 26 points with three threes, four rebounds, 3.6 assists, red flag, 0.8 steals, no blocks, shooting 51 and 88 with 40% from three. Now, unlike other players, the Kyrie thing is not focused on the percentages. So you could have gone to Kyrie, like I said, as a general rule, go look at the percentage and you go, well, that's fine, Josh. 51 from the field, 40 from three, 57 from two, 88 from the line, all checks out. It does. It's actually bang on. It's, it's fantastic. 31 usage, that's bang on. It's probably a little bit high. But there are two things here that really do um, have an issue here with Irving. Now, I was somewhat down on Irving, A, for playoff schedule, but also I was a little worried about the assist rate and how that would work alongside Luca. And for the most part, it's been okay. Last season, 5.5 assists. The season before, 5.8. This season, 5.5. The last five games, 3.6. Big difference. We talked about the difference in Garland going from 5.5 to 8. Going from 3.5 to 5.5 is a big deal. Because 3.5 is basically average assists. 5.5 is one standard score, one standard deviation above the mean. 
putting you in the top uh, of the 84th percentile for assists, basically. And he should be able to get back to that relatively easily. We don't expect him to be a big assist guy playing next to Luca, but we think we get more than 3.6. And one of Kyrie's hidden strengths has been blocks. 0.8 last season, 0.6 the season before, 0.7 the season before that. Kyrie has four total blocks this season. He has zero in his last five games. And again, you might not think this is much, but if he can add in two blocks for a week, three blocks in some weeks, that's a big help from a point guard. And it has a big impact on his rankings. I don't think that Kyrie, we should be looking at him as a guy that we want to give up a first-round player for, obviously, or or think that he's necessarily a first-round guy because of the two-game playoff week. I I do think that's going to come back. But his assist numbers are surely going to rise. His block numbers are surely going to rise. I have faith in his percentages sticking. I have faith in his minutes and his usage, all of that stuff. There's just two real things here which do have an impact on production. So if I got Kyrie for a top 35 player, given the risk associated with him, I would do it. Otherwise, if I have him, I'd just be like, ah, I feel okay about um, I feel okay about him improving in the coming weeks. That's our five buy lows. So let's talk sell highs. A much harder thing to pull off than a, than a buy low because you've got the player, he's outperforming, and the other guys are going to be like, well, if he's so good, why are you trading him away? All right. So it is hard to do, but it is worth mentioning. So let's go with the first one. It's very obvious. It's Brook Lopez now. Again, with these, you are not likely going to be able to do this in terms of actually pulling off that sell high. You might, but it is worth mentioning what Lopez is doing. He's seventh in minus one rankings over the last two weeks. If you look at Yahoo's numbers over the last two weeks, he's second. Now, obviously, that's that's silly, right? But he is second. 43.86 fantasy points puts him 20th. He's averaging 18.6 points, 6.4 rebounds, 1.7 assists, 1.1 steals, and four blocks. 61 from the field, 36 from three, 94 from the line. There are so many red flags there. It's like half a life-saving event. They're all over the shop. It is so obvious that this is not going to hold. Brook Lopez took a big step forward in shot blocking last season, and we thought, that's weird. He doubled his block numbers as a 34-year-old. Wow, that's amazing. He went from 1.2 to 2.5 last season. And then he went, all right, bet, I'm going to do more. He went to 2.9 this season. And then even, even bigger bet, as the kids would say, He's gone to four blocks over the last two weeks. And I detailed this yesterday in the Under the Lens segment on Brook Lopez on the Daily Look Ahead. He's not even in the top like 10% of players in terms of challenging shots at the rim. So he's just converting his block attempts at an insane rate. So I just don't think that that has any hope of holding. Also, he's not going to average four blocks per game. He's also probably not going to average 2.9 blocks per game. These are coming down in a hurry. And we go and look at Brook Lopez's fantasy profile and the numbers he's putting up. At the moment, it's basically one category that's a big positive. It's blocks. Field goal percentage is also a pretty big positive, but it is blocks carrying everything. And if they fall down, then the ranking tumbles 40, 50, 70 spots. It's also the percentages you want to look at. His two-point numbers are at 77%, an insane number that Mitchell Robinson looks at and goes, man, I wish. Like, there's no way Brook Lopez is a 77% shooter. For reference, he's at 65 this season, obviously boosted by the 77% over the last two weeks. Last season, 64. The year before that, 54. The year before that, 63. So low 60s, definitely possible. That's 15 percentage point drop from where we're at at the moment. And that 15 percentage point drop goes into your overall field goal percentage, which impacts fantasy, which impacts scoring, which brings him down to a 15-point scorer maybe. Drop the blocks down from four blocks to 2.4. And then you're talking about the 60th best player. There's a big fall coming. 
If I could get any top 40 player for Brook Lopez, I would 100% do it without any question. I don't know that you can do it, but you might. Brook Lopez, there's always someone. At some point in every week, there's always one player that the trolls would love to come at me about to tell me, oh, you were so down on Brook. You got it wrong. You screwed everybody. So that always happens. But I, for that person to attack me, fine, attack me, whatever. Make sure you comment it on YouTube. YouTube um, definitely hates when you put algorithmic comics, comments down the bottom. That's fine. They hate that. But when we talk about that value, if someone's coming at me and hating and saying, oh, God, that's so wrong, that means that I guess some part of their brain, and that would then translate to a larger proportion of fantasy users, that they believe that this is real, that this can hold, that this can stick, that the ranking is the be-all and end-all of the, of the production, not how we got there, but just the overall ranking number. Not everyone believes it, but there are people who do. So that is where we target it. And again, this might happen for some people, for 5%, 10% of people. But it's more just also a, uh, a PSA that, yeah, no way. It's not sticking. Let's go to New York. This man was on the buy low show in the first one we did. It is the burner, Jalen Brunson. So he was a buy low then. And if you bought low, you got a big W. And now he's on the sell high. How is that possible? Well, players' performances change. Really obvious. He's 23rd in minus one over the last two weeks. He's 17th on Yahoo rankings. He's 22nd in fantasy points, averaging 43 and a half. All of that is great. Almost 29 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, 6.7 assists, a puny 0.5 steals. So you could look at that and go, well, what if he actually gets a steal per game? Yeah, okay, that's cool. He could. 0.2 blocks, shooting unbelievably 52% from the field, 50, 50, let's try again, 52.1% from the field, 52.1% from three, and 52.1% from two. I've never really seen a split like that. He's also at 85% from the free throw line. So what is happening here with Jalen Brunson? Jalen Brunson is a good shooter. He shot 42% from three last season, which was a number I thought, mm, that's a little bit high. He's up to 47 this season. There is going to be a stretch, like there was for the first two weeks of the season, where he falls back and he shoots 36% from three. Buying and selling low and buy, buying low and selling high in fantasy is about taking advantage of things. If you were able to get Jalen Brunson for a top 90 player early on, and now you've got a guy rolling as top 25, and then you sell him and you get a top 40 player back, and then you just keep going back and forward and back and forward. It's about accumulating value. That would mean that you've turned that, that top 90 player into a consistent top 35 player. Right? That's possible. Because what Brunson is doing here is not going to hold. He is not a 52% three-point shooter because literally nobody is. That is going to come down, and there's going to be a stretch where it goes at 32 or 34. He's also averaging almost 29 points. Now, last season, breakout year, 24 points. This season, 24.9. The four extra points per game he's averaging is because he can't miss from either two or from three. It's all tied into that. That is going to fall back. You go from 52 to 33. That's three points off. You go back to 25 points a game. You lose 30 spots in rankings and you're done. This is not to say that Brunson can't be a top 40 player or 50 player. He could, he can. That's possible. It's about trying to cash in the right value and then get him back if he, if he slumps, like we've already tried at uh, one point this season. Um, all right, let's go to Toronto. And let's talk about Jakob Pertl, a guy that I thought was a relatively good sleeper who was getting drafted in like the 90s or 100s. And I was like, oh, I think this might be a 70s guy. And then Darko um, said, nah, we're going to split the minutes with Precious Dechou. And I go, ah, huh. guess, uh, guess I don't know what I'm talking about. But it's rolling in the best direction possible now because Darko is leaning into Pertl and Pertl is giving us good numbers. And some might say, Josh, you thought he was going to be good. So why is this a sell high? Well, I'll tell you why. He's 32nd in minus one. 
He's 37th in Yahoo ranks. He's averaging 34 fantasy points, which is 57th. I don't think he's that good. I don't, I'm still not 100% confident in where the minutes sit. But what I do know is going to fall back. He's averaging 13 points, 9.5 rebounds, 3 assists. That's all actually relatively reasonable. 1.4 steals is, is definitely high. And 1.1 blocks is, is fine, right? He is just not going to be a 1.4 steals guy. He's at 0.9 this season, 0.9 the year before that, 0.7 the year before that, 0.7 the year before that. I just don't... And steals are variable, but they're also variable game on game, week or week, as opposed to year on year. I'm just not going to put faith on Jakob Pertl being a 1.4 steals guy. But the big thing here is the man is hitting 82% from two. 82%. And that, he doesn't take threes. So his field goal percentage is 82%. Even if that comes back, and it will... He's at six, seven, he's at 73 for the season, but he was 63 last year, 62 the year before that, 62 the year before that. It's reasonable to suggest he comes back to 64, 65. We lose 17 percentage points. The 12.7 points comes back to 11 points. And that gigantic positive, which is the thing that is absolutely carrying all of his value, which is the field goals, goes from a Z score of 2.4 down to 1.6. You lose 25 spots right there. You lose the points back. That all comes back and he goes settles back into the 60s, 70s. If I could get any top 50 player back for Jakob Pertl, I would do it. You probably can't, but if you can, you do it. And otherwise, you just understand that there is absolutely no way. Because again, on the surface, 13 and 9 from Pertl, which a lot of the times the people only look at the big numbers, 13 and 9 looks like, oh, that's reasonable. He's playing 29 minutes. That even might not stick. Is it 27 for the season, 27 last season? I think the 29 can stick. But people will just go, well, 13 and 9 in 29 minutes, fine, I'll take that. That, that's, that, that is actually real. That can stick. But it's coming on shit that has no way of being able to maintain. Let's go to Chris Paul. Your time frame on selling on Chris Paul is like an hour. It's, it's now, really. Paul is on a little bit of a hot streak. He's 38th in minus one over the last two weeks. He's 26th on Yahoo. He's 63rd in points, averaging 33 fantasy points. Averaging just 11 points. So you go, well, that can probably come up. Yeah, you're probably right. Four rebounds, 8.5 assists. Typical Chris Paul stuff. 1.5 steals. Typical Chris Paul stuff. 0.3 blocks. Shooting 46 from the field. Pretty good. But he's hitting 56% from three and he hasn't missed a single free throw. And while he's a good free throw shooter, and while he was going to always be better from three, he's not these. He's not these numbers. He's shooting 32% from three this season. But last season, he was at 35%. That's probably the reality. 35, 36% from three. That is going to come back and that is going to drop his points, which are already not high. It's going to drop his three-pointers made. It's going to all push all that back. But the other thing is, is that with Draymond Green out, he's moved up into playing almost 29 minutes a night over the last two weeks. Actually, he's playing 30 minutes a night. Over 30, I think. 30.2. There you go. Um, that is going to improve. He is... His starts, 36, 28, 38, 34, and then 17, which is that weird benching game. But they moved to the bench last game. But what we did see before Draymond Green's suspension was Paul playing 21, 24, 26, 26, 22 off the bench. And with Draymond running a lot of the, the units in terms of passing, Paul's assist numbers weren't able to stick. And Chris Paul is an assist legend. We know this. But the times that he's gotten, um, he's gotten five games of double-digit assists, and three of them have been in the last four games, all of them without Draymond Green. So he's got a chance of assist rate dropping, minutes dropping back by three a game, and a shooting drop-off coming. I'm not saying that Chris Paul's going to end up a 12-team drop, but if I could get any level of um, top 70 player back for Chris Paul in a trade, 
I would do it, but you got to act quick. He might fall back to the 90s, I think, after Draymond returns. I think that's possible. And we finish it off by looking at another old point guard, and we go to Portland to look at Malcolm Brogo Brogdon. And really, the thing he, there's only one thing we're looking at here, and it's minutes. That's that's really it. We'll, just, we'll cap what he's done. Last two weeks, 75th in minus one, 68th on Yahoo, averaging 39 fantasy points. He's come back from his hamstring injury. He's played four games, both of them back-to-back sets, which is insane. 30 minutes a night, 20 points, four rebounds, eight assists, 43 and 79, shooting 42% from three. But I look at those and go 42% from the field, totally reasonable. 79 from the line, actually that can improve. Uh, 42 from three, eh, not unreasonable that he could do close to that for the season. It's none of that stuff that's what what I look at is is going to change. He's also at 30% usage, which seems possibly a little high for Brogdon who was at uh, 23 last season. Obviously, a very different scenario in Boston. He's at 29 for the season here. But the thing is, he's playing 30 minutes a night, and it's all going to come down. Eventually, I'm guessing, I'm hoping, that Scoot takes back over the starting job. But we are like two weeks away from Anthony Simons returning, which is definitely going to reduce Brogdon's numbers. So this is the perfect situation of copping a short-term hit. I think Brogdon might end up droppable. He might not, but he might. But we have seen one game where Simon's played. That is it. And Brogdon was able to ramp up in that, in that time frame. And there's the injury risk, and there's risk of him being traded. Flying at the moment, putting up big numbers. If you gave me any top 100 player for Brogdon, I would take it. Understanding that for the next week or two, I lose that trade. And that's a mindset you've got to be willing to take, is that Brogdon... And we'll probably, we might come back to this in the buy low, sell high recap in two weeks' time, and Brogdon's numbers have stayed similar. That is distinctly possible. And then the Simons hammer drops. And then scoots back in, and then we're rolling, and Brogdon's playing 24 a night and doing none of this stuff. Sometimes you've got to get a hit on, ahead on the action, because if you do it, the game where Simons has been upgraded to question, people go, what am I, why would I take Brogdon now? Simons is back. You've got to take a short-term hit to understand that in January, you're going to be getting a big, big advantage out of it. That is how I would be approaching a Malcolm Brogdon situation. And that is the end of a buy low, sell high show, which honestly is only sort of buy low, sell high. It's more just, hey, what are recent trends? What's bullshit? What's real? What's going to improve? What's not? If you've got a bunch of names on the buy low show, that doesn't mean your team is bad. What that does mean is that you're probably going to have a better a better run moving forward. Is things are going to look up. If you've got a bunch of guys on the sell high team, be careful. It might be a rough period coming up. That's how this works. That's, I think that's almost more important than trying to pull off these swindle trades, which are very, very hard to do. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And if you're on YouTube, you know what to do. Please, you thumb it up. Drop your comments down below. Who are some other buy lows and sell highs that you have? Put them in the comments, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.